Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Mike with Rogue Media Network. As Texas opens back up, some of our shows have chosen to continue to record from remote locations. Some of our other shows have started recording in studio with very few people observing social distancing. Thanks for listening, and please be safe. This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder. Texas is slowly opening up, and what's that going to mean for the creative forces in Waco? It's a joy to have Fiona Bond join us, the director of Creative Waco. And uh, how are things going for you personally? Thank you, Anne. Well, it's it's really lovely to be doing something, albeit socially distanced, but in person. It yeah. feels like rather a long time since we've been able to do that. And um, things have, you know, it, it's been uneven. I would say, for the arts sector. The organisations and the individuals that we serve, the the people who create in our community, so that is artists, performers, musicians, um, people who write, you know, for some of them, this has been a really welcome intermission and it's been an opportunity for them to dive deeply into their creative process without interruption or without too much interruption, depending, you know, what their normal configuration was you know if they have a steady source of income and this was a an opportunity to kind of unclutter then you know some people have really thrived but I would say for the vast majority the fact that we can't have exhibitions performances concerts has been devastating for our sector overall I mean obviously that really impinges on the revenue streams that and most most artists and performers are pretty hand to mouth in terms of their business model you know whether it's a gallery whether it's a gigging musician they depend on the gigs on the exhibitions think people congregating together is what the arts is all about connecting people physically and so when you can't do that not only does that turn off the revenue stream but it also it kills part of who they are. You know, people who work in this field, well, they certainly don't do it to get rich quick. It is not. It's a passion. <laughs> they do it because yeah. they love it. And it's because what they feel in their whole core that they are called to do, um, you know, whether they're faith-based or, or not, mm. there's part of every successful artist I know, there is part of them that if they wanted to turn this switch off, they couldn't. They are compelled to create and they're compelled to communicate and connect. And that has been, a lot of them are grieving the loss of that. Oh, there's no question. 
about that. And and uh, yet there's been a lot of creativity, shall we say, in, in the way technology is being used to try to, you know, sort of fill, fill that gap in. It can never replace, you know, a live performance. Uh, but there have been virtual tip jar performances, you know, with, with some uh, musicians I know of. Uh, what is Creative Waco doing to kind of help support this process? Mm. Well, we realised very quickly that, you know, for a lot of people, it was going to be really important to be able to generate some revenue. We didn't know at that point what might be available, you know, from federal or local government sources um, or what other alternatives there might be. Um, So... Very quickly, um, we turned to people that we worked with before. Jeffrey Cannon, who created the um, the zoo sculpture um, online presence, and he's a, he's a wonderful web designer. And you know, we we consulted with a number of local businesses, artists, performers. We talked to um, Keep Waco Loud, who've been fantastic partners in this, and we realized that we could create an online marketplace. Mm for creatives to plant and present whatever it is they do. So when you think of a, an online marketplace, you might typically think of something like Etsy, yeah. where you have products and yeah. you go on and you can see, you see the thing. If you like it, you then buy it. And a few days later, it arrives in your mailbox or on your doorstep. We wanted to create something where the parameters of what was available was much broader. So, you know, if you are a musician, a dancer, if you run a salon, um, anything that involves your creative um, intellectual capacity, then this marketplace is for you. And so we have all kinds of things. We have music lessons on there. Really? We have um, one of my dear friends, and she has not put this on there yet, but she is about to, um, is making beauty products. Um, She normally runs a salon, and she's been dying to experiment for the longest time with starting her own brand of skincare products. And so she's putting those on. Um, We have ceramic artists. We have commissions. You can commission a cartoon of the people that you are quarantined with. Which is because, you know, let's face it, there are some comedy <laughs> moments there, oh, no matter true. who they are. Um, so, yeah, all these wonderful, creative, um, really, you know, some of them very off the wall, but then also some of them much more traditional. So literally everything from a painting that someone has done right the way through to um, you know, let's let's uh, let's get a an art lesson for the kids. That's amazing. Um, yeah, especially for those folks that are homeschooling and they're looking for ways to enrich. You know, yes. that, that process, or just at the children. end of the you know their limit of their um, own energy for thinking up new ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine. <laughs> My heart goes out to those parents. I know um, we're very grateful for teachers right now. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny. This thing has really made us appreciate uh, who's kind of really important in this society. <laughs> totally. <laughs> our yes. medical people and our and our teachers, for sure. Well, and how interesting that, you know, in crisis, we do turn to the arts. Yes. I think, you know, we've seen that. Um, some of that's entertainment, absolutely. But also I think we turn to the arts for meaning. We need to give meaning to this time. We need to dig down into what are valuable uses of time? How do we use this time? How do we memorialize it in a way that is going to be meaningful to future generations? We know we are making history, but also we know that the way that we are loving our neighbors right now is by doing nothing, kind of. 
which is a really difficult challenge for people who are used to doing a lot. And so the arts, I think, has a really unique role in terms of helping us interpret. And this has all happened so fast. I mean, two and a half, three months ago, we wouldn't have even dreamed, honestly, that no. we'd be go- going through something like this. I know we were about to run a chalk art festival. I know, I know. I know. And I was going to ask you about that. I, I saw on social media, I saw on Facebook that uh, you got to do a little bit of that chalk art uh, with, yes, with a, a young man. Yes, tell me about that. He was born without femurs, which is the, the bone of the upper leg. Yes, right? Ricardo Benitez. He's a, a student at Baylor. Um, really remarkable young man. He's on the Baylor football team. Um, he was born without the femur bone. So his, you know, the lower part of his leg essentially um, connects to his hip. So his legs are, are short, but also he doesn't have a knee joint. Right. And yet he still runs. Mm-hmm. And he had planned to do the Slider District Marathon. And he'd been training for it and prepping for it and had a great, great group of friends and supporters and teammates who wanted to support him in doing this. And honestly, it was so inspiring to meet him. Um, and he actually ran it. He ran the entire marathon. We created chalk art to cheer him on. And, Which was um, part of, you were going to do that anyway. We're, yes. We're going to so, have a huge chalk, chalk art festival. We were going to talk about it on this uh, I podcast. I know, yes. Um, and so we were going to cover yeah. the whole of Austin Avenue in chalk art. And that was going to be part of the Silo District Marathon. It was going to be a wonderful way of bringing people to downtown Waco who were coming especially for the um, Silo District Marathon. Um, So instead, we got to do these lovely two little pieces for um, Ricardo to honour his run. The really nice thing is that it looks like we can actually pivot that Chalk Art Festival to next year for the Silo District Marathon for next year. And so we're still planning all the things we were going to do before, um, but this has allowed us to actually think more deeply about how we make the most of an opportunity like that. I was I was inspired not only by Ricardo and what he did, but but you all in supporting him and figuring out ways to to uh, social distance, do what you needed to do to be yes, safe, totally, yeah. but, but still celebrate a remarkable achievement. It involved was... a lot of cowbells, actually. <laughs> <laughs> social distance with cowbells. That's right, more cowbell, <laughs> as they say. Well, so how can folks support you in what you're doing? Um, how, how do we get to the marketplace and that, that yeah. kind of thing? We like to say shop local and do good. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, so... By going on to makeitinwaco.com, people can see this fabulous smorgasbord of um, products, uh, experiences, and services. And, you know, just browsing what's on there is so fun. There's literally something for every price point that you might be willing to pay. So there are things right from, you know, 99 cents. Actually, there are a couple of things for free. You can you can cool. download some some cool stuff for free. Um, but right the way through to there are paintings on there for about two and a half thousand dollars. So really, there is something for every level. We have um, now over 70 vendors on there. Um, in all different art forms and also in um, in kind of health and beauty sector as well. And from all parts of our community, I've discovered a load of new artists that I didn't know about through doing this. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, Giving them the opportunity to. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it does. It allows them to experiment with new products or new ideas, which is great. And then we're also encouraging, obviously, we're encouraging people to share that, spread the good news, um, make sure that they're encouraging their friends to purchase on the site. But we're also about to launch a fundraising campaign because part of what's raised 
through that site, 15% of each of the transactions. And then we're kind of fundraising in addition to that for a fund that is supporting artists, arts-based businesses, and really those who have been most impacted um, through this time. You know, there are a lot of government programs that can help you out so far, but for some of our newer organisations, they weren't eligible for those and for some of our non-profit organisations. And this is the time that they really need to be thinking about what do I need to do for the medium to long term so that, A, I can survive as a business or as an artist, B, I can pivot into a much more sustainable, robust, protected business model that is going to be able to flex if something like this happens again. Because we we may have other, you know, resurgences of of this virus or maybe something like this will happen in the future. Um, You never know what's around the corner. And then also just to make sure that we are in the best possible position as a community to be ahead of the curve when visiting, uh, you know, when when tourism is able to start again. However, I think Waco is in the best possible position to be one of the first places that people want to visit. We're able to socially distance here. We have lots of open air spaces that people can enjoy themselves without feeling like they're in a crowded room. We have lots of even open air live music experiences, that kind of thing. And so what we want to do is make our arts and cultural sector one of the most distinguishing features about Waco so that we are the first place that people think of coming when they think of traveling again. Well, that's what you've done through Creative Waco. You've been such a, a driving force in that. Um, what, what kind of led you to this work? You know, the, the thing that I describe about artists not being able to flip that off switch, that's me too. Um, my canvas is, is cities and communities. I've done this kind of work really since I graduated and um, have had the privilege of working in a number of different uh, fabulous organisations and communities. Um, in the UK, you can probably tell that I'm not originally from Texas. I know <laughs> from, that's really hard to, to hear. <laughs> right? It's hard to decipher. <laughs> Um, what part of England are you from? Originally, I grew up in the southeast, mm-hmm. um, but actually we moved here from Scotland. Oh, okay. And so my most recently before we moved to Waco, I was working in the city of Dundee in Scotland. And the way I tell this story, um, you know, Dundee, I, I, someone in Dundee is going to like get really cross at me for saying this, but Dundee was truly the cultural armpit of Scotland at one point. It was really not a place that was known for its cultural excellence. Mm -hmm. And within a period, I I had the privilege of working there at a time where we were reimagining Dundee through really smart, joined up cultural investment that was part of an economic development initiative. And so cultural investment was part and parcel of how do we keep talent here? It was hemorrhaging talent. How do we make this a place that people want to live, work and play? And so over a 10 year period, it became the flagship cultural city for Scotland. And it was designated a UNESCO city of design. It now has oh, like five world class museums and galleries and theatres and is just a showcase for how the arts can really transform a community from being banal, um, not a place that people think they want to live, work or play, into the place that everyone, you know, all the all the graduates from the universities suddenly wanted to stay, start their businesses there because it was cool and it felt like a happening place. So forward thinking, really. 
absolutely to, to put that investment in, into the arts placemaking mm-hmm. you know um these days people get to choose where they start their businesses um you know we're we're so joined up with and, and we're finding this out particularly at the moment during covid-19 we can do a lot of things virtually mm-hmm. and so really we can choose where we place ourselves and where we raise our families and cultivating the kind of environment that feels vibrant and welcoming and has the kinds of values that people want to immerse themselves in is absolutely what we're all about. Oh, I'm energized just uh, hearing you talk about it and uh, and and your love for the arts and love for artists of all kinds. Um, but uh, our time is coming to an end, and I like to uh, end these interviews with some questions similar to the ones like James Lipton would pose to his guests on Inside the Actors Studio. So uh, here's my version. What What's your favorite word? Oh, sculpture. Hmm. The word sculpture. Um, I just think that captures so much. It's so evocative. And it's such a beautiful, beautifully kind of enunciated, punctuated word. What's your least favorite word then? Um, uh, gnocchi. <laughs> It's kind of fun to say, but it is. I lived in Italy for a while. I was going to say, I know what gnocchi is. And uh, gnocchi was truly the thing that cast fear into my heart when people told me it was on the menu. Because inevitably it would be handmade by someone and you'd have to eat like piles and piles. It literally made me sick. (laughs) (laughs) What what turns you, you kind of alluded to this already, what turns you on creatively, spiritually or emotionally? I think the glimpse we get into people's souls from connecting with them on a level that is not usually part of our um, our everyday dialogue, it seems to me that everybody carries a depth that we don't get the privilege of seeing. And, you know, I, I, I had the privilege of working for the University of Cambridge running a, a project called Theology Through the Arts. And I've written a book called The Arts in Your Church. And so the place that I come from, I guess, um, philosophically and spiritually in this is that we are all made in the image of a creator God. And creativity is part of the reflection of that character that we have And yet we don't exercise that in a lot of everyday life. And I feel that the arts are the playground for allowing ourselves to reflect that created nature. Mm, Amen. Preach on, sister. (laughs) (laughs) What sound do you love the most? Oh, the sound of the sea, Mm -hmm. the ocean. I've always lived, apart from here, I've always lived close to the ocean. The uh, sound you hate? Um... The sound of machinery building things. Um, during this COVID-19 period, we have, um, there's a work site at the end of our street. And I've been going out in the morning just, you know, outside to sit and um, start my work outside. And as soon as they start up that machinery. <laughs> Jackhammer. It makes me go inside. It's so, it's such an, especially in a very kind of otherwise quiet mm-hmm. place. It's an invasion on the senses. What other profession would you like to try? Oh, that's a great question. Um, circus performer. <laughs> I'd love to be really bendy and be able to dangle upside down for a living. <laughs> okay, what job do you know you would not like to do? Well, probably that same one. But <laughs> um, I really don't think I could be a politician. Yeah. I see my friends who are in politics and... It is, they have to play a game the whole time. And I just, I think 
that would destroy me. And they're constantly raising money, too. Yes, that too. All right. Final question. What do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, that is a great question, too. Um, Welcome. Beautiful. You are beautiful. Thank you, Fiona, (laughs) so much for visiting with us. And again, how can folks uh, learn more about the website and the marketplace, the creative marketplace? Thank you so much. Um, Yes, uh, it's it's makeitinwaco.com. And of course, creativewaco.org. You can kind of pivot between the two of those. Um, Most of the things that people would want to access have a place somewhere on creativewaco.org. But makeitinwaco.com, which of course is a community effort and we have lots of community partners in that, that is its own standalone website. So super easy to get onto. There is a click through there to all our community partners. And also if you are interested in becoming a vendor, you can, there is a, a menu item there that you can follow through. It's super easy to sign up, does not cost a thing to be on it. And just, you know, a wonderful way to experiment, whether you're a vendor or a purchaser. Support the arts any <laughs> yes. way you can. Make it in Waco and oh, help others to make it in Waco. Absolutely. Thanks, Fiona. Thank you so much. What's the one thing people always say they wish they still had after a disaster or fire? Photographs. Revision Photo Restoration is dedicated to helping preserve and restore your memories. Take advantage of this extra time you have at home to go through those old boxes of photos. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the process, follow them on Pinterest for organizational tips and tricks for old photos. They have on-site fire and weatherproof storage facilities to ensure the safety of your images, so you don't have to ship off all your memories to a larger company. Revision can handle everything from slides and negatives to film and prints. Revision Photo Restoration is local to Waco and located at 2001 Franklin Avenue. Call 254-297-9754 for an appointment or instructions on how to send in files digitally. Revision Photo Restoration. Check them out on Instagram at Revision Photo. performer knows the show must go on even when there's a shutdown (laughs) joining me now my favorite radio gal beth richards uh midday host at the eagle 106.7 kind of on furlough a little bit a little bit and owner and founder of the brazos theater well hi thanks for having me (laughs) i'm so happy that we're getting to do this you know seven years ago you gathered some like-minded performers Mm -hmm. together and founded um the Brazos Theater, and you do murder mysteries and improv, stage plays, radio plays, all kinds of fun stuff that, that you just don't get everywhere. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure that we were kind of uh, forging our own stream, doing something a little bit different. Well, we were just before we started taping, we were laughing about the Cemetery Club, which is my one. Well, no, I've, I've done some other things with you, but to actually do a play, I hadn't done a play in a very long time. And so I had a little cameo role. Which was great. It was, you were fantastic. 
<laughs> you are fantastic. And what's so fun about about plays is that, you know, it's live theater. And so somebody <laughs> may forget a line. Oh, well. And if that line gets forgotten, then it can change the whole plot structure. And the next thing you know, you're ad-libbing all over the place. And- or the next thing you know, you're stuck on stage <laughs> with nowhere to go, right? And That's what happened to me, yes. I was waiting for a line so I could exit. And I had to exit before another character could, could come on. And I'm thinking, what do I do? How do I do? Finally, I just said, I think I'll go in the kitchen and get a drink of water. So I, just, I thought, I got to get off. I got to get off this couch and in the backstage. It was, it, it was, was great. So, it, but you know, it's kind of like any kind of stressful type thing. It's like your life is flashing yeah. before your eyes. There is no adrenaline like the adrenaline that happens when something goes wrong in a live show. <laughs> It's just, I don't know that there's anything, I don't know if skydiving could compare to forgetting lines when you're in front of an audience on a stage. Well, what was incredible is there were only five characters and I was, I had like two pages of dialogue. I mean, I was like hardly in it at all. And you guys had so much to learn and, uh, but you did it, you know, with, with great uh, professionalism and it was just a lo- loads of fun. Cemetery it was Club. fun. That, that was a highlight of my, <laughs> highlight of my theatrical career. But, uh, so let's talk about the, let's talk about the here and now. I mean, sure. you, you've got a wonderful venue. Uh, often you're voted the best, you know, the Waco locals love us, you know, and uh, such a fun, fun place, fun venue. Um, but, and you can open up for shows now. I can. Um, you know, the, the rules on event facilities and entertainment facilities are a little fuzzy, but because I am a sole proprietor, that just kind of opens me wide up. However, I don't feel real good about it yet. I kind of want to see how things go during this phase one. Mm-hmm. And and when you're in a live theater, you've got performers that are performing really close to each other. We can, yes, we can space out our audience. Uh, we wouldn't be able to fit very many people in, which I wonder if it would even be worth it to do that um, as far as keeping the theater financially responsible. Uh, but the actors, I really worry about the actors because whenever you're doing shows, you are very close to each other and you just, you never know. And, and I'm just, for me, I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. So we're going to continue to offer uh, a lot of really fun things online. Well, and you have done some great things. You, uh, in fact, premiered um, a play by a local playwright, uh, Michael McBride. Yes, we did. You did, and uh, this is uh, it was uh, this all could have been done in an email. <laughs> the name so of it, great. and you use Zoom, right? Yes, we did. We did. We it was the premise was a Zoom meeting of a group of salespeople from a jewelry department uh, using the time in quarantine to uh, hone up on their sales skills and uh, all of the different. Uh, interesting interactions between these characters and it was hysterical and it went over so well and it was so well received um and mike mcbrine i tell you this guy is a talent he is a great writer he's so funny he's part of our improv team too at the theater and does acting with us as well but um spoiler He's written another one. Oh, really? Yes, he has. So uh, that's going to be our next pro- next project to work on over the next couple of weeks. Uh, in addition to continuing our improv shows, uh, Star Wars improv, <laughs> yeah. uh, regular improv shows, and then uh, this this new play that uh, Mike McBride has written, which is hysterical and very very unique. So how does this work? I mean, it's it's an in- in the invitation, you send money, and then you're given the yes the yes. coordinates for getting in on the. <laughs> I love that the coordinates. <laughs> the coordinates. 
<laughs> that's great. That's about someone to start using that word. You'll get the coordinates. Um, it all it all happens on Facebook. Um, so you once you pay for your ticket and a lot of shows, we kind of have a, a pay what you can scheme. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, most people do tend to pay the regular ticket price, but. A lot of people have been furloughed. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people can't run their businesses. I know how hard it is right now uh, for a lot of people. So we don't want to exclude anyone from being able to see shows. So we try to make it pretty affordable and then give people a choice on how they want to contribute to the theater. And then once uh, that happens, they do get the link to the private Facebook page, which is where we, we call it our viewing page, which is where we stream the live show. Yeah, and you can you can mirror it on your television screen and oh, really absolutely have a have a pretty good, you know, ringside front row seat. <laughs> we've it, watched you know. we've watched quite a lot of shows that uh, that people are doing, and we just hook it right up through our. If you've got a smart TV, mm-hmm. I, that's the smartest way to do it for yeah, sure. Right. What does it mean to you though to be able to support a local playwright like Mike? Oh my gosh, it's unreal, and and the fact he's. He's got other projects that we're kind of um, supporting uh, as the theater uh, with Mike and another uh, playwright that he's been working with. And um, so it's just kind of just to see that just pour out of him. Just like, you know, hey, I wrote this the other afternoon, 38 pages of script dialogue. And it's very clever and it's super funny. And I'm thinking... This guy is part of what I'm doing, and it's just—it's really a great feeling. Yeah, it's got got to be gratifying it is, for you very to be much. able to. Um, of course, let's talk about another Mike, <laughs> Mike <laughs> Hamilton here at Rogue Media. Oh my gosh, he, he has been uh, such a great help to you with, he has with these, perf- you know, performances. Well, and I tell him, and you know, he bl- blows it off. It's like if it were not for Mike Hamilton <laughs> and Rogue Media Network, then we would not we would not be doing what we're doing now. I mean, we might have finally figured it out at some point, but it could very well have been too late for us. But the fact that we were able to immediately, before the the huge shutdown even happened, when we were still able to go wherever we wanted to go, but there had to be 10 or or fewer people in a room, uh, we were still able to immediately jump on and make something happen. And it was because of Mike Hamilton. Well, there's been a lot of innovation that's happened. Yes. It's had to have happened. And and just like fast, super fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. Well, let's, uh, let's, you say there are some projects in the, in the offing, a really funny yes. play yes. by Mike. Looking down the road, when things get back to normal, please let things <laughs> yes, get back to normal please. where we can have a, a, a studio audience, you yeah. know, a theater audience there again. And you had great dinner theaters and all that kind of fun stuff. Right. Uh, what kind of. What kind of plans do you have for down the road? Well, we had a variety show planned, uh, a big variety show. That's right. I was going to do uh, yes. that. Yes, <laughs> I know. Uh, oh, yes. So big now plans, big plans to uh, to uh, do the variety show, but kind of amp it up a little bit and make it a little bit more than what it was even going to be. Uh, we've got some great things coming up for fall. Uh, we had uh, another person that's in my uh, theater troupe, uh, BJ Williams, he wrote our melodrama. So rehearsals were supposed to start for the melodrama on April 9th. Mm. And so, of course, we've had to push that back. So coming up in the spring, we're really going to work hard on getting that melodrama on the stage. It's super clever. It's super fun. And you're talking a year from now. a year, a year spring, mm-hmm. next spring, mm-hmm. we'll be doing that. And then I've got some other really, really 
big projects in the back of my head <laughs> that I'm trying to work out how we can make these happen. Of course, you know, not going to spill the beans too much, but uh, some big stuff, some big stuff that that I really want to make 2021 kind of the year for the Brazos Theater. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. Where, where'd you come from? Uh, well, I was born in Kansas City, Missouri, mm-hmm. but I don't really remember too much because we moved away when I was four. We moved to Central Texas. Uh, we, I uh, ended up living in Colleen Harker Heights uh, until I was about 12. We moved to Temple uh, then, and then I went to junior high and high school and college, um, University of Mary Harden Baylor, Temple Junior College. It was then before that and studied uh, vocal performance and theater. Uh, when I was there, and uh, just have loved the theater. I've been doing theater since I was about, I want to say, I don't know, 14 Mm. or so. In in high school, my freshman year of high school, I... um, I decided I was going to audition for the the high school musical, and it was Sound of Music. Oh, and I thought, well, surely I can get a part in this. Yeah, kid, yeah. I mean, golly, there's a ton of nuns. Mm-hmm. I did not get cast in you this didn't. show. No, I didn't. Oh. And I said, well, forget that. I'm just going to stick with choir and band, and that's going to be it. To heck with theater, bah mm-hmm. humbug. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next year, they announced the next high school musical. And I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And I got a really fun part. So uh, it was great. I was hooked. I was hooked. That's all it took. And I've been uh, super hyper involved in theater ever since. And I love it. I love it. There's nothing like uh, being on stage and performing in front of a group of people. And I've discovered uh, even before starting my own theater company that I love directing just as much. And it's so much fun to be the person who gets to to amass a great, talented group of people and watch the magic happen and uh, have a part in that. And it's it's an amazing feeling. It really mm, is. Such, it's such a creative work, too, you know, blocking a scene and mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, everybody <laughs> is off stage when they need to be <laughs> off exactly. stage. Exactly. Some, some of those kind of things. This has been a, lots of fun. And I, I always like to uh, end these interviews with a set of questions. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's... It's a, it's a questionnaire similar to the one the late, great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actor's Studio. Okay. Do you remember that I show? do. Yes. Okay, well, here, here are mine. What is your favorite word? My favorite word? Um, because I love to cook. Uh, my husband and I love to cook and love to create in the kitchen. I think my favorite word is mise en place. My goodness. Because that means, and you can use that in in really anywhere in life where you get everything together that you need before you begin a project. So you put everything in place. Mm -hmm. I love that word. Yeah, you have to have a good sous chef to (laughs) get that. (laughs) All in little little bowls, you know. In fact, it's time for a shameless plug of uh, your husband's spice business. Yes, yes. We have a spice business called the Old Dutch Spice House. And uh, people can go on our Facebook page and get the link to order online. I had somebody uh, just the other day order uh, 10 containers of fish spice because they love our fish spice so much. I can't say as I blame them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So right in the Waco area. We'll deliver it right to your front doorstep. It's delicious. Yeah, and it's I've fabulous. got your smoked salt. And oh, thanks. Really yeah. good. And really we good. make them all ourselves. All of the recipes are developed by us. We, you know, we we test them out. We create them ourselves. We package them ourselves, label them ourselves. My husband designed all the labels uh, for the spices. So, yeah. Mm, cool. What is your least favorite word? Oh, gosh. Um, golly. God, that could be quite a few Quite a few. Failure, of course, because mm-hmm. that's always your biggest fear. 
failure and um, disrespect. Yeah. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Oh, wow. These are good ones, Anne. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, um, creatively, uh, definitely uh, being able to uh, bring people together and uh, see the joy on their faces when they perform or they when they watch a great performance. Uh, spiritually, um, just the connectivity that I've, I've seen lately with churches kind of overcoming the challenges of not being able to get together and seeing how many churches are really um, taking that next step into online services and reaching out to people online and making that available to people. That's just been really it's been a great thing to see, and our church has been no exception. They've done an amazing job at embracing this whole new way of, of being for right now. I love that. Um, shout out to St. Albans Episcopal <laughs> Church. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the last part? Oh, emotionally. Just, you know, what? Kind of... Oh, just just being at home with the one mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. husband's awesome. He's fantastic. He is. And he's a great photographer, too. Yes, he is. So what turns you off creatively? Um creatively uh, when it when it comes to the theatrical sense people who aren't open to suggestion and and to looking at things in a different way sometimes you get stuck in in thinking this is the way it needs to be done this is the way it needs to be performed um this is the way I've always done it uh I don't like it that way uh and then just not being open to trying new ways what sound do you love the most oh wow um music I mean just in general music um you know, especially things that that are that are melodic that can can speak to your soul. I love Broadway music. I love opera. I love classical music, but I love '80s pop, and you know, <laughs> I like uh, old country music, and I like hard rock. I mean, bring on the ACDC. I love that. So, yeah, just music. What sound do you hate? Um, Oh, gosh. Uh, chew, people chewing gum, smacking <laughs> gum. Uh, that's the worst. That's yeah. the worst. I've, I've talked to other people who have a phobia about that. I oh, mean, just really. I had a hairdresser. Had a dra- hairdresser once. She had a she had a sign on the mirror saying, take the gum out of your mouth. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I would. I would. Oh, we long for our hairdressers. Yes, we do. <laughs> what other profession would you like to try? Um, let's, oh, that's a good question. Uh, probably a, a chef or a bartender. Definitely yep. a chef or a bartender. Okay, there you go. What job do you know you would not like at all? Teacher. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I don't I don't have the patience, I think. I just I don't. Yeah. It makes us appreciate them so much. Yes. More. Yeah. Very much. It? So finally, what do you want to hear God say to you as you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, welcome. That's it. I mean, that's all you need to hear really when you arrive. Welcome to know that um You are loved by God and that, you know, you did the best you could. (laughs) And when you failed, uh, you realized that you failed and and you tried to do better. So just just welcome. So how can folks uh, see the next offering for uh, the Brazos Theater? The best way Mm -hmm. is uh, our Facebook page and our website. So all social media, we're just at Brazos Theater. So whether it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, we're not as active on Twitter. We probably should be better about that. Uh, But uh, all social media, we're at Brazos Theater. And then just simply BrazosTheater.com. And just remember, it's Theater the Fancy Way with the (laughs) R-E. Good. Well, it is a great theater, and it's so much fun to get to chat with you today, Beth. Thank you. 
Central Texas Living is part of the Rogue Media Network family. Be sure to check out their other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Living, the podcast. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.